Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Check it out. It's the season finale. It's the season finale, you guys. Yes, be with SB. I'm your host, SB Randolph the Third, and today is a very special day because it's season two finale. <laughs> so, can you guys believe it's been ten episodes? Cause I can. So yeah, here we are, season finale, season two, ten episodes. It's been a wild ride. <laughs> It's been, it's been, uh, we've, we had some ups, we we had some downs, <laughs> we had some film festival, and, and we had some corporate finance, so, <laughs> ah, oh man, the memories, you guys remember, remember that first film festival that I was in, that was crazy, I went back and I was listening to um, one of the first episodes of the season, it's like, my voice was a mess, <laughs> like, my voice was raggedy. <laughs> I had been drugged through the mud, but it was like a thing because it was like, you know, it was like a full week of events where, you know, I had to like scream at people. (laughs) Why? Because I'm angry and because, you know, it was in loud places. And so, you know, you're talking like this the whole time for six hours. So, (laughs) ah, anyway, so that was a lot of fun that that first festival, by the way. I'm speaking about a festival for my film, Project and Serve, um, which uh, had its festival debut in July at the Michaud Film Festival. And now I can officially say that our second festival will be the March on Washington Film Festival in Washington, D.C. <laughs> so that's very exciting, very big news, and um, yeah, it's just been kind of like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, you know, you have to like, you submit for these things, but you don't really like actually think that it's going to materialize. But we are one of 12 films selected to screen in Washington, D.C. at the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington, the March on Washington Film Festival. And so I'm just like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we go to the White House. Well, damn, you know, it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, sure. So, yeah, I was not expecting this, you know, guys. And if you can track all the way back, if you guys listen to early episodes before I had even gotten into a film festival, <laughs> if I had, if I could tell myself then what would be happening now, because here's the deal: if you listen to the show, you know that I've been like, I'm, so, I'm getting put my, I'm just gonna put it in festivals. I don't know what's gonna happen. We're gonna see, y'all. Oh, well, let me tell you a little something about dreaming a dream. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it can happen. And speaking of I Have a Dream, we're going to the March on Washington Film Festival. So, ah, where the original dreamer gave us that dream. Anyways, it's such a huge honor. It's just like I'm just floored, you know. 
like, oh, oh, okay, you know what I'm saying? So, like, we're going to screen. My family's coming, so that's going to be crazy. Um, They're already popping off. <laughs> like, can y'all settle down? This is supposed to be about me, but I guess not, so. Uh, they already popping off, and so but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, the hell of a hullabaloo. <laughs> We're going back to Washington D.C. The last time my family was together in Washington D.C. was for the inauguration of Barack Obama. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh yeah, and then you know some <laughs> that was great, good times, and then some some bad stuff happened there in between. <laughs> Which, by the way, I guess his first trial is being televised today as we speak. Anyway, um, not not Barack Obama, of course. <laughs> the, I'm talking about the criminal president, <laughs> old 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 dirty bastard. That's I don't know. <laughs> president, old dirty bastard, uh, is his first. <laughs> trial is today anyway so we're going, we're going back to washington that was my point my point was we're going back to washington dc for the march on washington film festival my film project and serve one of 12 films that is selected to screen i'm completely honored wonderfully floored and just weirdly excited so i'll be there for like almost like a week and i'm just gonna be chilling in dc and you know doing economics homework ah <laughs> <laughs> this is my last by the way you guys because i'm in business school just so you guys know i'm getting my mba but um, my this is my last like math related class you know so <laughs> it's economics and so i'm i'm tr i'm, I'm trudging trudging through <laughs> so, but so far so good knock on wood we'll see how that goes anyway so that's very exciting. But in between all of the, these old shenanigans that have been happening for the past couple of weeks, I did manage to go and do Barbenheimer. <laughs> I was like, I talked to my friend and I, and I was like, well, I don't know what to do for the season finale. And then she was like, well, uh, you know, why don't you go watch Barbenheimer? And I'm going to, here's, here's the deal. I'm going to just get into it. Here, let's get into it. Here we go. <clears throat> I was like, um, no, that's why people shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I can't I don't do that that's why people shit no i have a thing i have a rule like if you know if there are no people of color um in in major roles then i don't go like pay money to see it or support it because you know i think we're beyond that but um <laughs> i didn't have any more ideas so <laughs> that's like fine fuck it i'm gonna go i'm gonna go do barbenheimer i mean because that's you have to you know what i'm saying like this that's a that's the only thing that in the past like three months of me doing this podcast like that's the biggest thing that's happened so i'm like well you know i gotta i gotta stop i gotta, I gotta take one for the fucking team here and go get my barbenheimer on and so so yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do we're gonna do some Barbenheimer today, and because you know I I posted on on um uh on MySpace oh I'm just getting Facebook um that I <laughs> uh went to go see it and the people were like well what did you think and I was like well listen to my fucking podcast then <laughs> so <laughs> anything for a click these days kids so yeah so we gonna get into some Barbenheimer <laughs> today but first. 
on my way to go see Barbie. Well, Bar- okay, <laughs> I gotta stop calling it one thing. It's two separate movies. There's Barbie. For those of you, for those of you who don't know, there's two movies. It's Barbie, and then there's Oppenheimer. And if you see them both, I guess you call it Barbenheimer. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I didn't see them both on the same day because uh, I'm, I, you know, I can't do that to myself. <laughs> so I split it up on two different uh, days, two different weeks. <laughs> Because, you know, I was, uh, watch them too close together. I was just trying my patience. You know? like I can't do all that. So I split it up. So first I saw Barbie and second I saw Oppenheimer. But we're going to start with Oppenheimer because it's fresh in my brain. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll get some fresh criticism right off my tongue about Oppenheimer. <laughs> but first, before we do that, but first, you know, that's that thing about uh, Julie Chen says on Big Brother. But first... Um, but first on my way, here's the thing. So I went to, I don't, I don't know why I'm not going to tell you what movie theater I went to. That's weird. That'd be, you know, creepy. What if I had a stalker? <laughs> that would be so cool. You guys come here. What if I got a stalker? Wouldn't that be cool? And they're like following me around. And then they were like, you know, everywhere I went, they, they were there. And then. What are you doing here? You know what I'm saying? And then they're like, I don't, I don't know. I was just in the area, you know? And then, oh my gosh, this is turning to an episode of Dateline. I need to stop right now. So anyway, so I went to a, a movie theater in Inglewood. And because uh, so, you won't catch me there. No, no, no. Not even for the, not even for that. Beyonce concert. By the way, the Beyonce concert happened, and I absolutely 100% did not go. Um, and I say this with the most love and respect, but that tour looks like garbage. <laughs> Hot garbage. <laughs> I have seen it all on TikTok, y'all, and I'm so sorry. I call it the dress rehearsal tour because what is she ever wearing? <laughs> Please, ma'am, I just need you to pick one outfit and I need you to wear it and I need you to rehearse in it and I need it to go flawlessly. I'm sorry, y'all. I know I'm not supposed to say this, but, you know, the, the dress rehearsal tour looks like a hot mess. And every other week something breaks and something riding that little Tonka truck is going to break down. They got to be dragging her over the first 10 rows <laughs> hung up on that thing. <laughs> I don't know, y'all. That look that that tour look a hot fucking mess. Like I just, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, that tour just ain't it. Um, as far I mean, because I look at things, I look at homecoming. You know, like Beachella homecoming. That was a cohesive, creative masterpiece. This shit, y'all. No, y'all can have it. <laughs> <laughs> she don't even look like she paying attention at the time. If y'all look at the clip, she, she kind of glazed over. She just kind of. <laughs> She might smile a little bit, but she ain't really giving it all. She ain't going full out in the choreography because she, you know, she got a, a, a nipple tassel and <laughs> the booty in a sling. You know, like, every day it's a different costume. She, she can't go full out. It's a mess, y'all. The whole thing is a mess. It's just, just, just throw the whole tour away. But good for y'all if y'all went to go see it. <laughs> but she ain't getting my money. <laughs> Nah, uh-uh, mm-mm. I'm gonna need to see a real show, honey. Nah, I'll be, 
<laughs> nope. I love you that much. You need to get your shit together. <laughs> I need the five, six, seven, and eight. I need that Tonka truck to work. You need to drive that Tonka truck up in the air or something. I ain't enough explosions and shit. You know what I'm saying? For she want a thousand dollars. Get, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you better give me a thousand dollars fuck you talking about anyways good for her good for them taylor swift tour looked the same way hot mess like <laughs> just like just this is every did everybody run out of fucking ideas like is that what happened like you know what i'm saying like say what you will about michael jackson but th- that motherfucker always had some ideas I, I, I think everybody out of motherfucking ideas now just everybody's like yeah put up screen up and i'll walk around you know what i'm saying like no Mm-mm, no uh uh-uh, no i need y'all to do something magic y'all gotta pop out of shit <laughs> you know what i'm saying you got, to, you got to fall off of something you know what i'm saying you gotta you need to see you on this side and then boom you on the other side you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know what i'm saying wow shit it's magic you know what i'm saying that's how you do a fucking tour <laughs> if you do a st- i'm talking about a stadium tours like that stadium tour you better be in a motherfucking helicopter shit <laughs> if i don't get no damn helicopter i want my money back <laughs> fucking tonka truck <laughs> it's a hot mess y'all that is that tour is a hot fucking mess <laughs> but good for her good for y'all i love it y'all love it and everything she even made y'all be quiet in the fucking tour. i ain't never seen that shit before <laughs> she said everybody shut up <laughs> everybody practicing shutting up <laughs> i go i wish i fucking would i'm gonna scream <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> i paid a thousand dollars ah <laughs> me and my crew big energy she would I, everybody wouldn't want me to come so that's why i didn't come because everybody would just be mad at me because <laughs> i paid my thousand dollars and i'm gonna scream anyways good for her i love that i love that for y'all everybody went everybody gave your money y'all went to inglewood and y'all had had a time Y'all had a time. Good for y'all. Anyway, how did I get there? <laughs> that was not on the agenda. Oh, I was I was talking about my stalker. Yeah, if I had a stalker. Yeah, so I went to see the movie in Inglewood. Because <laughs> that's just for my stalker. So you can meet me over there. I'll be in Inglewood. Anyway, so I went to go see the movie. But, okay, so when I was walking into the movie, you guys, check this out. <laughs> I was walking to the movie, this wonderful little old white lady, she stopped me and she said, hi, uh, would you like to come and see the movies again next week for free on Sunday? And I said, oh, that sounds good. And then she said, it's the new Melissa McCarthy movie. It's called Genie and she plays a genie just like an Aladdin. And I said, oh, hell no. <laughs> Ah, uh, who? <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Oh, hell no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mm-mm. If you guys don't know, here's a little backstory, you guys. I hate Melissa McCarthy because uh, she lives in my neighborhood. And um, the few interactions I've had with her are terrible. Uh, she's never been nice to me. Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't like her. So I was like, and so then <laughs> the woman looked at me like, <laughs> and then I was like, um, no, uh, nothing against you, but, um, uh, no, I can't stand her. So, um, but I, uh, thank you. And, I, and what I think I said, I think I, I said something like, something like, I love your face or something, <laughs> something, something, something. trying to blunt, <laughs> trying to blunt it just a little bit. 
I just uh, no, Melissa McCarthy and me, it's a no, it's a hard pass on that. <laughs> she can uh, abracadabra all the fuck she want, but uh, I won't be watching it. Good for her though. Good for her being a, a genie. <laughs> I wish that movie the best. I hope that everybody goes to see it, even though they're clearly trying to <laughs> test in front of audience to see if anybody would actually go see it. But good for her. You know what? Here's the deal. She played Ursula in in The Little Mermaid, and that was a success. And I think um, probably because she was <laughs> playing evil. <laughs> She was so it wasn't really a stretch, you know what I'm saying? So she just kind of she had to put on some makeup, but that was about it. Yeah, she was perfect for that part anyway. <laughs> anyway, so uh, then I went into the movies and then um, then Johnny Knoxville. Do you guys know Johnny Knoxville? <laughs> Remember him of jackass fame? He used to just shoot things up his dick. <laughs> up his urethra you know what i'm saying and like put a scorpion in his urethra and stuff you know um you know just put a put put, put a popcorn maker in his butthole you just do all sorts of crazy stuff anyways johnny knoxville was there and i you know i wanted to ask you know how's your urethra but anyway i didn't um he sat behind me though and the the great thing about it was we all we laughed at all the same things so growing up in a jackass universe <laughs> lets you know where my dumpster fire of a sense of humor came from and so you can thank johnny knoxville and his urethra <laughs> well i'm in rare form today all right well none of this is on the fucking script all right let's get back down to oppenheimer <laughs> okay so i go see oppenheimer you guys okay so here, here we go let's get started with barbenheimer part one Oppenheimer. Okay, so from the jump, Oppenheimer. Um, let me just say, all right. I here, here's let me. <laughs> I don't know where to start. <laughs> you guys, I don't know where to start. But like, okay, so from the beginning of the film, I was kind of like, okay, you know, I get there's like that fusion and fission. One, you know, his memories and color and and uh, the present days in black and white. You know, I was like, okay, that's a choice because here's a here's the deal with with Nolan. There's always going to be a world within a world. There's always going to be at least one world within a world. And so I was like, okay, so so here are our you know we have the the past and the present. Okay, I get that. You know, it was it, it, was, it was a cute choice. I you know I liked it. Um, but I feel like the here's the thing. <laughs> Now, I, here's the thing. I'm a score kind of guy. If you've seen my film, which none of you have, maybe some of you, maybe a couple of you have seen it because you, you know, have gone to the festival or whatever. But like, um, uh, I'm a score guy. And so for me to say this thing that I'm about to say is crazy. But I was like, he was kind of beating me over the head with the score. Because here's the deal, you guys. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. We have to just talk about this. So the, the, the movie is a three-hour montage. <laughs> with five or six actual scenes in it by an actual scene i mean like a scene that has like a beginning a middle and end like an arc you know where the characters you know have an emotional arc or where the scene ends in a different place and it begins but most of this film it's three hours of a montage <laughs> and that is why i think people are exhausted by it because it is exhausting because you you know it's like i need you to calm down for a minute and stop doing a montage sir like but it's like it'd be like an hour of a montage and i'm like sir but anyway so when we go into the past like into his his colorful past thoughts or whatever like um the, all of that is underscored i don't know if you guys noticed but that's all of it's underscored 
very aggressively. <laughs> Which beautifully, beautifully. I love the main theme of the thing with the with the fucking horns and shit. That's crazy. I love it. Um, but the the the, the, the entire <laughs> color part of the film is underscored very aggressively. <laughs> it does not allow you to to think or breathe for yourself you just are assaulted by it and so that was my biggest thing was just like oh my god i just need you to stop <laughs> i need you to stop sir okay so also let's talk about the trial here's the thing that here's the thing <laughs> That's the laziest thing you can do. As a writer, that's the laziest thing you do. Okay, most of this movie, let's just say, okay, it is three hours of montage, and it's also three hours of fucking exposition. <laughs> it's just three straight hours of people spitting out exposition, and it's exhausting. But the trial framework, to me, is the laziest thing you can do as a screenwriter because, A, number one, it just allows you to be expositional instead of, you know, and screenwriting, you know, the movie's about show, show not tell. and But... If you have a trial, people can tell everything rather than showing it. So if you use that trial framework, then that just allows you exposition just for people to just sit there, sit there, not move and speak exposition. And so to me, it's just the laziest thing in the world. And um, and so to me, like for Nolan, like this is the laziest thing that I've ever seen him do. Like just I've never seen him be this fucking lazy before. Like he's the opposite of this. But I don't know. I guess I mean, I guess he's trying to win an Oscar or something. So he's like, all right, you know, fucking give him what they want. But it was just so mind numbingly lazy and just <laughs> people just talking and talking and talking. Well, on the 15th of the 17th, were you with her and with the him and the her and the him? They know I went to the there and the them with the they and being a boom and a bang and a thing. You know, it's like, OK, yeah, just show me. Just show me. I don't want to hear about it. Just show me. Um, I was really excited at the first hour of the film because they started to show like the quantum world, because that's what I thought that he was going to do, like was sort of make this real world stuff meet the quantum world stuff which he kind of did at the very end with the where he, he nodded to it with the light getting very bright like the bomb at the end but that wasn't a bomb moment it was ugh. anyways but um he was you know uh intercutting this like quantum physics like atoms splitting and shit like that and i thought that that's what he was going to be doing um more often and more thoughtfully throughout the film uh, but he kind of only did it for the first hour, and I was kind of disappointed in that. Because, you know, it's like just the thing about Nolan is this whole thing. There's worlds within the worlds within the worlds. And if, again, once again, if you haven't seen Doodlebug, go check that out on YouTube. But I, I, I don't know. I expected more, honestly. All right. And then, like, when he started talking about liberal integration and stuff, I'm like, well, what? how about this, Christopher Nolan? Why don't you integrate this fucking film? <laughs> Let's talk about it. Um... Uh, here's the thing. Here's why I hate films like this. <laughs> it's because it completely ignores the existence of people of color altogether as if we just weren't there. And so people see things like this and they for some reason and they think that in history, like we were not right there. You know, <laughs> just <laughs> like we were we were literally there like my, my parents, my you know, my grandparents, my family. We were all there. But these movies that only show white existence during this time period is it, it's so disturbing 
it, it's bizarre. It was like that. What's the, what's the, what the one, um, the, 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 the Steven Spielberg one, what's that one that he just did the fucking, uh, with the, with the, the, the fablemans where it's just, just, they pretend like there's just no, like black people don't exist in this world. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's crazy to me anyways. And especially because native American people are a very big part of this story, sir, Mr. Nolan, sir. Uh, Native Americans are a very big part of this story, but he just chose to, you know, well, we're going to step right over them. And instead, we're just going to show all the white men. <laughs> so we got a array of white men, every white man. They they they, they, they put every white man. They, they got. I was like, Casey Affleck, damn, y'all, y'all went all the way, huh? It was this was some white supremacy going on right here. So uh, the patriarchy was alive and well with this one. <laughs> they was like, anybody else offend anybody? Get him on over here. You know, Matt Damon, was, you know, he played the villain, which is rightfully so, because I still haven't forgiven him about his Project Greenlight comments, y'all. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then Google it. Anyways, yeah, it was white folks out the woodwork. And it was just like, he just like denied the existence of people of color altogether in this film. And it's just really wildly disturbing. He always kind of does it. I mean, I feel like Tenet was only real time he had a person of color as a lead but they might as well have not been a person of color but whatever anyway i just no it's a no for me okay so also the portrayal of women <laughs> while i'm on my soapbox the portrayal of women was just wild <laughs> like, it's, like it was you know it wasn't like madonna whore it was like drunk whore you know like women who are drunk or they were a whore like um it was, it's just kind of and also crazy you know like it's i mean like the wife I, who, who who was that because i feel like i know who that actress is but i just have never seen her do that before and so i can't place her but she she was like <laughs> i was like ah oh you're a big silly i don't <laughs> i don't know nothing about nothing i'm just gonna make another cocktail all the other babies cry i went and took care of the baby all day Abby. you know i was like what's happening <laughs> like you big dumb silly. You know, like she's just like <laughs> that was just like the the craziest character I've ever seen in my entire life. And I just even to the end where she's supposed to have her redeeming moment, she was like, I I don't know, it was maybe eighteen years ago or fourteen or seventeen. I don't know. I'm just a big dumb silly. You know, it's like what? <laughs> just i just i I guess she she was like winking at the camera and it was like oh that was supposed to be the redeeming moment okay well just just check um also on top of um the native american portrayals that could have been in this film (laughs) as they stole their land to make a bomb and then the stupidest line in the history of the film i viscerally gutturally laughed out loud um, when he said, he said, well, what do we do with the land now after they would set off the bomb? He goes, what do we do with the land now? And then like, 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 like he was honorable. He, he goes, we give it back to the native Americans, sir. <laughs> Don't nobody want your radioactive land, sir. Like get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> you can keep that shit, sir. Don't nobody want that shit. The fuck? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. No, you could, you live there the fuck you talking about but he also could have shown the japanese people who this affected 
Um, because even when the bomb went off and he was having nightmares about it, it was only the he saw the white people getting blown up, and that's what made him sad. Did y'all notice that? I'm like, why wouldn't you show show the Japanese people you murdered, not the white people? Okay, I'm pretty sure that Josh Peck is in this, and I'm pretty sure that guy came from Vine, and so that just I, if, that that really pisses me off. <laughs> He just literally let any white boy he could find up in this bitch. I did finally enjoy the silence when the bomb went off, like the sound design wise, because I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure there was a choice of them assaulting us with music for like the first two hours and finally giving us silence in the bomb. I thought it was an interesting choice. I think that was the best way to do it. I actually kind of felt bad i mean not bad but i mean kind of i thought it was dumb that they then did it with sound i was like no 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 it was fine it just needed to be silent we were good you were good bro but um i thought it was an interesting and creative choice you know one one of one of the things I liked. all right we have to talk about albert einstein <laughs> we cannot talk about this movie without talking about albert einstein and those just weird <laughs> He just just pops up out of anyone. He's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm Albert Einstein. You know, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> excuse me, sir. I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> sorry. Where did you come from? There was that one scene where I think the whole, <laughs> the whole movie theater started laughing, but it was like, I forgot what was happening, but it was like outside at nighttime in a car or something. And then the car drives off and then Albert Einstein is just standing behind the car. <laughs> And he pops up and he's like, ah, I'll be in way And it was everybody just started busting out laughing. Like, where the fuck did he come from? Like, this shit is crazy. But I just, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, good for them. All right. Did anyone notice this too? Just <laughs> before I wrap up, did anyone notice how difficult it was for everyone in the film to put on a jacket? <laughs> like, at one point, somebody just put it on wrong and just went with it. <laughs> like, they're just like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> but it's the struggle of these people to put on these period jackets. I mean, I don't know who did the wardrobe, but I guess they, they got everybody's size a little too right. You know, like they should have got everybody just a, a little bit larger jacket because everybody was struggling to put on these jackets, you know, because they all, I mean, you know, if and when they did have a moment in this seamless movie. <laughs> They would punctuate it by putting on a jacket and leaving. Cause like that's just, 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 just give me my jacket. Oh, oh, all right, I'm leaving. You know, um, and you guys. Now, when I say this uh, about the scenes, you guys have to understand. Like, yes, there were like a montage is is a montage is a collection of scenes, but they're kind of seamless. You know what I'm saying? They're just kind of little flashes that push time forward, right? And so that's why I'm saying this whole movie was a series of montage. Like, yeah, it was a series of montages just all pasted together because it was just a bunch of little tiny scenelets. They all lasted maybe 45 seconds to a minute that just they weren't actual real scenes. They just kind of were little pieces of a montage to put things or like just to be a right the wife on a horse you know like for no fucking reason she's just on a horse and she's just like and then they get off the horse in the montage and they say something like well it's strauss strauss did it and she's like he's like you think so and she's like of course it's strauss of course you're a bit dumb silly i need a drink you know and like it's so like and then it would just cut to the next piece of the montage so it was just like to me it's just some it was a it was a, it was a mind-numbing montage all right, so let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> so, um, altogether, a fine film. It was finally made. You know, great job from everyone. Well done. Um, 
could have benefited from a different writer. <laughs> uh, sorry, Nolan. Could have benefited from a different writer um, who wasn't as fascinated in all of the research he did in order to write the film, but rather instead in the telling of the story in the most compelling way. Um, and to, in my opinion, that would have included the people of color that were affected by the actions of this man. Um, I struggled to find anything to care about. I, ass I assume this movie thought that I cared about his security clearance. <laughs> but I assure you, Christopher Nolan, I do not care about Oppenheimer's security clearance getting taken away. I can think of a billion things I care about more than that. So if I was supposed to be affected or moved by him gaining and or losing his security clearance, <laughs> I assure you you're operating from a place of white supremacy. <laughs> when you are assuming that I would shed a tear over this white man losing his security clearance after being complicit in the murder of hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> but okay, I... I really hope he gets his security clearance back. God forbid, that would be terrible. <laughs> I'd be terrible if he didn't, Mr. Oppenheimer, and I guess he, he never did. And uh, he had to go and do speaking engagements <laughs> and go to the White House. And so I guess life was pretty tough for him. And so I guess that was the sad ending to that movie about the murder. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> good for him. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You guys, we're on a break, you guys. The season finale of Yes Be with SB. I'm your host, SB Randolph III. You are listening to Yes Be. We are Barbenheimering, and we're on our way to Barbie next, to Barbie land next. <laughs> and I'm super excited about that. But um, first, here's the deal, you guys. I just got an email on and they, I printed it out on paper right here. <laughs> and this email came, it came, actually came through my fax machine. So 
Um, it's um, from Christopher Nolan. He was actually, he was listening. He, he said he's kind of upset about what I just said about his masterpiece. He said, I'm winning that Oscar, bitch. <laughs> and he said, well, if you don't like that, I'm sure you'll like this. And then he sent me a link to another movie that he's working on. And it is the sequel, you guys. <laughs> to Oppenheimer, you guys. So this is an exclusive for this program. Yes, be with SB. I'm your host, SB Randolph III, and we have the exclusive first trailer from Christopher Nolan's next film, his next great masterpiece. Um, and he's given it to this program exclusively. And it's actually, a, he calls it, let me read what he said here. Um, he calls it a feminist fantasia. <laughs> so... Um, he said, um, uh, given the success of Barbie and how it did better than my masterpiece, <laughs> I've created for you a feminist fantasia uh, that the likes of Barbie uh, can barely hold a candle to. And I, I don't know, guys. I'm just reading what he said. Anyway, so um, I am going to check that out now. And let's go ahead and get started and play this here we go. This, um, let me find it here on my computer. Great. Um, this is the trailer for the new Christopher Nolan film, Mrs. Oppenheimer. From director Christopher Nolan comes a story of a woman that only Christopher Nolan could tell, Mrs. Oppenheimer. Oh, oh, well, I'm just a big dumb silly. I'm just a big dumb silly. Do you want to have sex with me? I'm a woman. Do you want to have sex? Visionary director Christopher Nolan gives you a portrayal of womanhood that no female director could do better than director Christopher Nolan. I'm a big dumb silly. I'm a big dumb silly. Oh gosh, give me another bottle of Jack Daniels. I'm a silly. I'm a silly. I'm funny. I'm so dumb. Oh look. Oh, let me get this book. Oh. <laughs> Read it to me, because I'm so dumb I can't even read myself, Hoppy. Critics are calling it... Yeah, damn! Strauss did it. I told you it was Strauss. Everybody in somebody knows it's Strauss, you big dumb silly. It's Strauss! No! <laughs> what is it? What is it? What is it? What is today? Is it the 14th or the 19th? <laughs> or the 18th or the 17th? It's Strauss, I tell you. It's Strauss. Why are the babies crying? What's my name? Mrs. Oppenheimer. A feminist tale for the ages. You're a nuclear physicist, and I'm just a dumb stupid. I'm just a big dumb stupid. What is, what is this little jar of marbles? The Oppy, what are these marbles? I want to eat them. Mrs. Oppenheimer, coming to theaters this Christmas. Oppy, are you in the garage? Are you here in the garage, Oppy? What is this big old circle thing? Oh, Oppy. You got me a present? You got me a big metal circle present? Oh, yes, I love it. I want to have some cocktails and want to fuck on it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I wonder what happens if I press this button right here. We back. We back. We back. We back, y'all. We back. That movie looks like straight fire. <laughs> Man, that's going to be a good one, man. I feel like they might have given away the ending, though. But anyways, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? There could be a, you know, that could they, the bomb could go off two hours into it. There could be a whole third hour. 
of shit you absolutely don't care about. So you never know. Um, so anyway, so very excited. Now, you guys, it's time. It's the time we've all been waiting for. And by we've all, I mean, nobody. <laughs> all right, let's get into Barbie. Let's do it. Okay, first of all, let me, here we go. Here we go, you guys. Now, I watched every, every, like, commercial for Barbie. Like, I saw all the posters. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> My biggest surprise was when, like, America Ferrari, America Forever. When America Forever showed up, and I, I said, what? <laughs> what you doing here, girl? Because honestly, you guys, I genuinely did not know. Here's the thing. Like, watching all of the stuff about it and stuff, I, I seriously, I did not know that there were people of color in major roles in this film. I did not know that. <laughs> That's why I actively avoided this film. was because I was like, nah, y'all can keep it. I already know y'all gave Issa two lines. <laughs> I'm kidding, nigga. She had like five lines. <laughs> and nailed them all. But it was still tokenism at its finest. We'll get into that. But anyway, so I was, I did not know that um, America Forever was in this movie. And I did not know that she was a lead in this film. If I had known that, I might have gone to go see it sooner. <laughs> like, y'all, whoever was in, in charge of marketing and stuff, like, y'all, y'all could have led with that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm guarantee you that's how I kept getting fired, you know? After all, the, the people saw it. And then people said, you know, America Forever's in this. And people said, what? <laughs> yeah honey it's about like a hispanic woman and her daughter and i'm like well why the fuck didn't y'all tell us that <laughs> like this y'all didn't think that shit wasn't fucking important <laughs> like just you're really over here just margot robbie acting like i want to go see her ass <laughs> like I, I don't so like um I, if i had known america forever was in this movie i would have gone and seen it sooner that's my own point like i didn't know that this was about a mother and a daughter a hispanic mother and daughter at the center of this story i find that to be very intriguing and interesting and i was like well shit they should have led with that anyway so good for them now i've heard lots of criticism about bobby Bar, Bar, bobby 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 <laughs> a bobby doll <laughs> that's the ghetto barbie that's what you get at the five on five below you know the dollar tree to barbie she bobby <laughs> ah bobby with without the r you know bobby <laughs> um so <laughs> What the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> um, I, I don't remember. <laughs> Let me rewind this and see. Now, I've heard lots of criticism about the Barbie world versus the real world in this movie. And so I was like, you know, I, I you know, I really didn't know what anyone was talking about. Um, but now here's the thing. Like, I don't think that anybody addressed my biggest concern. <laughs> Now here's the deal, you guys. Now I don't know if did this bother anyone else. If you if you if you if you if it bothered you too, if you agree with me, then I want you to just go ahead and scream at your phone right now. <laughs> and if it didn't, then you know just carry on. But um, the the lighting design, <laughs> Barbie World lighting design was crazy, you guys. Like it was crazy. She was lit. They were always lit from above and behind. <laughs> like, 
It was like a crazy, I was like, who, what is this? Why was that be the choice? You know, like, I just don't understand. You guys, and if you look at, watch the trailer, whatever, you'll see what I'm talking about. But it's crazy how they lit it. Like, it was like behind and above. It was very crazy. And so, I just don't understand the motivation for that. Because I'm like, what is the source light of this? And why is it? Why is it behind them all the time and stuff? It was weird, you guys. It was just weird. Because I feel like Barbie World, here's the thing. See, I'm getting too, I'm getting too deep into, the, into the, the minutia, but I feel like Barbie World should have looked perfect, honestly. And I feel like the real world should have had harsh overhead lighting and, you know, backlighting and stuff like that. That should have been the real world, not the Barbie World. But it, it, it actually happened kind of the opposite. And so I didn't, I didn't think it was very thoughtful light design honestly, but maybe I'm dumb, whatever, who cares? They'll probably win an Oscar, but I, you know, I, I, I would, I would beg to differ. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, cinematographically, I would have made different choices, um, but that's just me. So while I'm being critical, let's just go ahead and get into the tokenism of Issa Rae. Like, <laughs> like I was very aware that the black people in this film would be tokened and not through reviews or anything, but I just already knew that's what the fuck they were going to do. <laughs> like, but this one to me, this was tokenism at its finest. They really, they really just were there, <laughs> like just to be there, like just to be. See, we're representing them there. See, she's she's over there. Look at her, you know. Like, and it's like, y'all. And then like Ken had a one black friend or something, you know, like had one black friend and one Asian friend. And I sw- I swear to God, the Asian friend looked like he was probably forty two, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> And I mean, because Ken kind of looked like he 42 too. And I was like, I was like okay, <laughs> these are some choices. <laughs> but anyways, but good for them. And so, but yeah, just the tokenism was a little crazy of the black people. I'm saying was just a little bit crazy. <laughs> like just like they were, they were just hitting tokenism on the nose. And they did have that one line, you know, where she professes to be the white savior at the end. But I mean, and this was, really wasn't a white savior film, you know, that much you know but um i'm glad that they did not at it but it was just like yeah also talk about tokenism for the most part though i really did love the script like i here's the here's what i didn't like about the script was i often was watching the movie and looking through it at the script do you know what i'm saying like because it was very um verbose in its points which is great it made a lot of great points and stuff but i was often looking at the script and not at the film and so um it sort of pulled me out of the actual film of the film, but I actually really did like the film and I like uh, where she was coming from things and stuff. And I like uh, one of the things that I loved the most also, I mean, of course, I mean, it was a complete takedown of the patriarchy. It was white feminism at its finest, but, uh, but still, you know, that, that is feminism invalid. And so um, not that you need my permission, but um, (laughs) I really did like, that Mattel was game to take itself down. And I think that's a really smart brand strategy was because it made fun of itself. It made fun of its own mistakes throughout history. It poked fun at itself and allowed her, you know, in the writing, you know, to, to poke fun at the brand, which actually endeared me more to the brand, which I thought was interesting because, you know, you, you kind of think of these things as, you know, that they're just going to be commercials for the brand. Um, and, and then you're going to come in and go out feeling the exact same way about the brand that you did before. Uh, but by sort of them taking the piss out of themselves, it actually endeared me to the brand more than I had ever been before. And I'm like now more apt to purchase Mattel knowing that they get their own mistakes. 
and that they will they're willing to own it in a very big public fashion so to me that was just really smart really well done kudos to everyone involved okay so we gotta talk about the dua lipa cameos <laughs> i'm sorry we gotta talk about the dua lipa cameos um she would just pop up nowhere <laughs> She was like Mrs. Oppenheimer. She was the Mrs. Oppenheimer of this film. <laughs> like just she'd pop up and she'd go, Ma, well, hello. <laughs> and the thing, here's the thing. I'm sorry, this is all TL shade. The thing about a Dua Lipa cameo is nobody knows what the fuck Dua Lipa looks like. <laughs> Other than Jack Harlow, who wrote a song about her called Dua Lipa. Nobody else really knows what Dua Lipa looks like. Cause she kind of looked like every white lady. You know what I'm saying? In a good way. But you know, she just doesn't, you know, she don't, you know, she's not interesting looking in any way and so there were so many of the people that i went with they were like who is that lady who kept popping out of the water and stuff and it's like that's dua leap and they're like oh huh. <laughs> like, but i guarantee you nobody could pick dua leap out of a lineup i feel like she's beautiful and stunning and tall and statuesque and all those wonderful things um and so if you saw her in person you would be like oh damn look at that woman but i don't think you would go oh that's dua leap <laughs> So that all tracked in the film too, because I don't think that most people knew who she was, but they kept trotting her out there. So good for her. Okay, speaking of music, here's one 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 thing that I do have to say about this is was it a musical? <laughs> like I feel like it was sort of a half-assed musical. I feel like it did, they didn't really decide what they wanted to do. So they're like, we're gonna kinda have a couple of songs and we're gonna kinda not. <laughs> so I was just like, I just wanted to fully commit in a direction, but it didn't. And so it was just kind of kind of a musical. And like for some reason Ken sings a song. I'm like, oh well, there's a patriarchy boy. But I'm like, is it a musical? It just should have been a musical if it was gonna be a music. I don't know. Just I pick pick a side, bro. Um, as far as Margot Robbie, she didn't do her Jersey accent, so I'm very proud of her. Because so. <laughs> if you listen to the program, I was, that was one of my biggest things about it was I was like, I don't want to, because she, she always, every, every movie she does a Jersey accent. Every movie, she's from Jersey. <laughs> so, I was fully expecting a Jersey Barbie, but she didn't do it. And I, I still contend that that's how, the Jersey accent is how um, Margot Robbie learned to speak American accent english <laughs> like was through like the jersey accent somebody from jersey or watching my cousin Vinny or something so like she <laughs> anyways but good for her um she did good <laughs> in the movie. here's the thing she didn't have a lot to do she had to smile she had to just drive the plot and then in the weird <laughs> ending she had to just you know cry and so, so it was beautiful i don't know I, you know here's the thing i've heard a lot about the 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 lady ruth or whatever who made the barbies and uh created barbie and stuff and then you know her scenes and how people found it weird i didn't find it that weird because i mean if you think about it it tracks you guys like who would be god in barbie world it would be the lady who created it you know what i'm saying like so it tracks that she was sort of this godlike figure. Okay, I get it. You know, I don't know. I was, it was fine. I didn't really like all the monologue shit. <laughs> like, I didn't like, I didn't like anything. I didn't like the the voiceover. Ex, you know, except for the, the you know, they threw in a couple of jokes with the voiceover, but I didn't find it necessary. But I didn't like the 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 beginning part and the end part where they sort of tack those things on. You know, with the voiceover and stuff and this this whole. You know, where we weren't in the the world of the movie anymore. We were just in the world of you know brand messaging and stuff. So I didn't really like that. Um, 
but I understand it's necessary. So it is what it is. Uh, you know, it pays the bills. So, <laughs> so you know, respect. And, you know, had a it had a good ending. I enjoyed it. Um, then we got the Nicki Minaj I Spice song. Like, I feel like Nicki Minaj, like, has dirt on I Spice or something. <laughs> I feel like she's just forcing her to do songs with her to make her relevant still. It's like, I Spice, get your ass over here. <laughs> I Spice is like, I want to go home. <laughs> like She got her tied up in the dungeon. Like, we doing another song. I got to make an album. <laughs> Cardi got an album coming out. I got to have an album coming out. I Spice. I need the children to like me. Anyways, good for Nikki. I heard that she forced <laughs> that song onto the album. <laughs> She, you know, she's been bastardizing their brands and <laughs> she came out. She just been <laughs> running around going, I'm a Barbie. And they're like, please stop, man. Because <laughs> they like viscerally, the brand viscerally hates her and they viscerally hate Aqua. And so then, <laughs> and here I read stories of this, like Nikki just made the song <laughs> with the, with the Aqua um a sample in it <laughs> with ice spice and then they said here put this on the soundtrack and then um i guess greta gerwig was like yes we should do this but the brand like viscerally hates both of these people <laughs> for bastardizing their brand for decades but they were like fine <laughs> All right, fine. And if you notice, the Nikki, the Nikki and Ice Spice song is two is like one minute and fifty two seconds or something. Like it's they were just like we just, just that's the best we can do. Like that's the most we can take. But I swear to you, the song is just I mean it's it's decidedly vulgar for no reason because I think she's talking about like can be making me scream in the bedroom. I'm like Nikki, you didn't have to right now. You know what I'm saying? Like just. I mean, but good for her, you know, I mean, fine. What do I, I'm going to stop. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> but speaking of which, um, I'm really excited for bongos, which is coming out this week, which is, um, I, I'm guessing it's going to be the lead single off Cardi's new album, but cause you know, the lead single off Cardi's new album was supposed to be WAP. <laughs> A little story about WAP. Now, when she announced WAP, like we didn't know what WAP meant. Um, but she was like, it's coming out, you know, this was like, you know, at the pandemic. And then I was like, sure, you know, and so I bought it on, on I bought it on vinyl <laughs> because I was like, well, it's going to be good. It's Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B. And so, and it's called WAP. So it's going to be great. And then, you know, of course the song came out and everyone was like, what? <laughs> and so, um, anyway, so I, I own WAP on vinyl, just FYI. Um, but so Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B have teamed up. So yeah, guys, I guess the the story is that the WAP was supposed to be the first single off of Cardi's new album, but then COVID happened and shit, so nobody could promote shit and stuff. So they just sort of postponed the new album, and they just kept pushing it back. And she kept releasing, you know, odd singles and stuff like Up and the one with Kanye or whatever. And then, um, uh, but and so I think now they're trying to redo. <laughs> the release of that second album again so they said let's get cardi and megan the stallion back together and they have a new song called bongos which should be out by the time you hear this so i don't know what bongos is but i'm guessing from the album art that it's about their butts <laughs> so i think our wop girls are getting into butt stuff <laughs> 
think they're probably going to be beating their bongos, <laughs> shaking their bongos or drumming the bongos. I don't know. <laughs> something, something, something like that, probably. So everybody look out for bongos. In fact, right now, stop listening to this and go listen to bongos. Actually, you can stop listening because it's almost over. But, um, oh, hello? Yo, SP. Yeah? It's me, Nikki. Oh, hey, Nicki Minaj. And it's me, Ice Spice. Oh, hey, do do, do you want me to help take off those chains? Nah, she's good. Anyways, I dropped a new song. I feel like every time you hear that Cardi's dropping a song, you try to drop a song right before. Anyways, yeah, I'm dropping a new song right now. So it's from the Mrs. Oppenheimer soundtrack. So uh, it's a solo song? No, it's featuring Ice Spice, dummy. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it too. Oh, okay, well... Well, sure, then I'll, I'll check it. I'll be sure to check it out. Listen to it right now. What? Listen to it right now. Okay. I'm sorry, Nikki. Yeah. All right. So um, I'm just going to listen to this song. <laughs> okay. Put it in my computer right now. This is Bombs Go Boom by Nicki Minaj featuring Ice Spice on Yes Be With SP. I'm your host, SP Randolph the Third. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Nicki Minaj. Ice Spice. Yo, check it out. I'm bad like Miss Oppy. Eat bagels made of poppies. Them haters try to copy, but they don't even know what my job be. Miss Oppenheimer, no thought behind her mantle eye. His pants on fire. And I'm bad like Miss Oppy. Somebody show me where the scotch be. You guys. We did it, you guys. Season two, that's a wrap on season two. Barbenheimer, we Barbenheimered our way out. And it was the bomb, you guys. Yes, be with SB. I'm your host, SB Randolph the third. Thank you for joining me this season. I hope you guys have fun. Uh, don't forget to check out old episodes and give them a click in the hiatus. And I will see you guys on the other side. I got to go to Washington, D.C. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for listening. I'm SB Randolph at SB Randolph on social media, and I'll see you later. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.